You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning. And since it's Wednesday, you know it. It's time for our audio column with the one and the only Cruz McCalligan. Cruzy, it's great to speak to you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. And I hope it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. So what have you got for our listeners this morning? I'm going to talk about traffic signals or traffic lights rather, Ooh. as in your, your red, yellow, green, stop, wait, go. I don't know. What do you call them? Yeah, I call them traffic lights. Yeah, traffic lights. And um, so there's something that was happening to me recently was realizing that as a parent, I spend a huge amount of time either praying that the traffic lights will change quickly or that I will catch the next red light. Do you ever have this phenomenon? I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> You're either like, I've got to get home, I've got to get home, I've got screaming children in the car, I want to get home as quickly as possible, and as safely as possible, of course, better late than never, but then there's those other times when you're like, oh, I need a red light so I can pop a dummy back in a mouth, or throw a snack bag to a child's face, or whatever it is, right? So I find like I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with traffic lights as a parent, but I abide by them so much. I am never someone to accelerate through um, an amber signal. I, I find it very frustrating when people uh, kind of get a bit risky with the ends of traffic lights if they're not an emergency vehicle. Um, and I think, you know, they're, they're kind of a really fascinating thing in terms of the fact that we do tend to follow them, don't we? Most we, people. Yes. Yeah. I, I know. I know. I certainly get frustrated when people are sort of edging you, uh, and and you come to a stop when it when it's almost a red light, when it's an amber light, but you just know the car behind you just really wants you to, you know, rush through it. And I'm yes. like, no, I'm not going to do that. I just put on my hazards, and so they know I'm going to be stopping. Yes, exactly. I'm a big fan of the hazard lights. They're very courteous, I think, in in a traffic situation. But of course, without traffic lights, navigating our ways around our cities would be very, very dangerous. And of course, we we have we we understand how they work. Um, in terms of like you know, stop. Like it's and we teach our kids right. Like red means stop, green means go. Like it's one of the first things that kids learn. Um, but I wanted to think about the kind of the the background of them and some really interesting futuristic things about traffic lights as well. So firstly, if we look at the history of the traffic light, um, the world's first traffic light was installed in London in 1868. That's a very long time ago, if you think about it. That's a very, very long time ago. And I always think in 1868, was there really enough traffic that you required a light? You know? Exactly. I thought they'd just maybe use a, a roundabout or something. I thought a roundabout would be a more primitive version. But I suppose maybe maybe they, since electricity came about, so they wanted to utilize it in the streets. Well, see, it, it, actually, the first ones had, didn't, didn't involve any, didn't include any electricity. They were <sighs> gas lit and manually <sighs> operated. And the first one actually exploded less than a month later, seriously yeah. injuring the police officer who was operating it. So it was a bit of a dangerous thing, not for the cars, but for the actual light itself. Now, if we skip ahead and go across the pond to the U.S., in 1912, there was another police officer in Salt Lake City developed an electronic flashing birdhouse traffic signal. He painted light bulbs (laughs) red and green, mounted them on all sides of a wooden box, and connected the box to electric lines used for trolley cars. Now, he would continue to refine this invention, eventually creating the more durable metal version. So it's, it's obviously like traffic lights are something that have gone through quite a few iterations of kind of innovation as well. 
There was apparently a version in 1928 that was activated by drivers honking. <laughs> Can you imagine? So you get to a traffic light and to change it, you would start honking, honking. Your, honking your horn. <laughs> That's so that's so primitive, but I kind of like it. I wish it was kind of like that here in Hong Kong sometimes when the traffic is a bit slower. How nice yeah. would it be just be signaling and honking. saying hello? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but they were quickly abandoned when actual residents who lived near them complained about excessive honking, uh, yeah. which also you could have seen coming if we're being completely honest. That's um, true, yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's interesting in terms of like the way that we think about um then the, the 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 lights themselves and the reason that we use the colors so it's important to know that before there were traffic lights for cars there were traffic signals for trains and this is something i completely forgot to think about because in hong kong we don't have an ancient like really historical train system right the mtr is a pretty modern invention but of course a lot of railroad companies in other parts of the world used to use traffic signals for trains red meant stop White was went meant go, and actually green meant caution. But of course, um, a few train conductors ran into problems with the color white meaning go because bright white could easily be mistaken for stars at night on the horizon as you were on the train because this was before we had such crippling oh. air pollution that you've had that kind of visibility. Oh yeah, because if it's really far <laughs> away, you would think it may maybe a star of some sort. Yes. Yeah, so what would happen is train conductors would think they were all clear to go because they could basically see a star and they didn't realize it was that. And they weren't. Now, railway companies eventually moved to the color green for go. And because it's easily distinguishable from other colors, yellow became the standard for indicating when trains should proceed with caution. And it's been that way ever since. So that's where the colors came from, which I thought was very, very interesting. Now, why was red chosen for stop? Red is the color with the longest wavelength. That means that as it travels through air molecules, it gets diffused less than other colors, so it can be seen from a greater distance. For example, for a real-world example, think about how the light turns red as the sun sets. Even though the human eye is most sensitive to a yellow-green highlighter color, it can see red from further away, which makes sense, which is why we have all our warning lights in red, right? Now, yellow has a shorter wavelength than red, but a longer wavelength than green. This means that red is visible the furthest away, yellow in the middle, and green at the least distance away, which is a very helpful advanced warning system for needing to slow or stop. So I think that's quite an interesting thing as well. To, to think about how we use those different colors. I've never been in a country where traffic lights have been a different color, although I have a note here that apparently in Japan you can find different colors that signal go. Have you ever seen different colored traffic lights in a different country? No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're pretty uniform. I mean, yeah, uh, red, amber, and green. That's all I've seen. Yeah, so it's, um, but yeah, but of course we, we spend a huge amount of time at, um, well, we know in Hong Kong, I don't think we do as much as anyone else because of course, when I talk about, like, we talk about traffic lights in Hong Kong, the majority of people do not own a car or a drive. That's right. But um, so it's very interesting to know that when we talk about like traffic lights as well, that, um, in somewhere like the US, for example, where you have to drive, there isn't the ability to there isn't the ability to um, get as, as great public transportation. Apparently, the average American spends fifty eight point six hours a year waiting at red lights. 
Wow, that's that's a time that we should be using wisely. Maybe listening to the radio or <laughs> exactly <laughs> audio books. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. But what can we say? Great radio stations would make that wait much shorter. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's very, it's very interesting. And I love, I love the fact that there's some sort of universality to traffic lights. You can go pretty much anywhere in the world and understand that red, red and green stop and go, right? We kind of all accept this and it's quite an automated response. Um, you know, like it would feel very unnatural to me or I'm sure assuming to you and to most drivers to just drive through a red light um, without any care in the world it would, oh. it, without being in a very emergency situation right um, and I think also uh, but apparently in quite a few places in the world like you think about rural country settings as well that's quite a common thing people just kind of take them as sort of a hint but because there's not a lot of traffic they're not particularly focused on them whereas if you're in a city environment there's a lot more cars there's a lot more vehicles and stuff like that which led me to think about how do they actually work so with traffic signals is it always a timer-based system you know what i mean like yeah. i feel like oh, oh, just the thought of running a red light even when there's no traffic around i mean i've done a fair few typhoon shifts where i have to leave i don't know one in the morning and there's like zero traffic but still i i have yes, to stop. you, wait. you yep. have to Get because on, yeah. it's so scary just it just yeah. doesn't sit right just in case i don't know no, and there's no, literally zero riding, right? yeah. that's the kind of people we are <laughs> yeah i agree i agree it would it would it would haunt me actually to let a to let to to, to zoom through a red light signal i i just imagine the next thing being another car t-boning my car yeah. like there's just no that's what would happen <laughs> but even though there's zero cars on the road but still i don't know yeah. why it's yeah. just <laughs> yeah but then i think that's that's a comment there's a lot of uh, psychological studies on that kind of like behavior that we have and it's because that's how our society operates peacefully right we follow these sort of unspoken well spoken rules to be honest like just follow the rules just follow this rule it's designed to keep people safe and if you're ignoring that particular rule it's dangerous you know like we're like it's just dangerous why would you ignore that rule it's a very good rule to stop when it's a red light um but I wanted to know how this sort of thing works. Like, how do they actually work? Is it a timer system? Because in Hong Kong, I know, you know, there's, there's certain traffic lights. You're like, oh, now I've missed it. I'll be here for ages, right? And then there's other ones that you're like, oh, it's yeah. fine. It's quick. This is a quick one. Don't worry. It'll it'll turn and change in a minute. And then sometimes I feel like this is longer than it usually is. So I was really curious about how it actually works. Um and apparently there's a few different ways around the world that it works. So sometimes it is a timer system. So it's literally just automated, like it will flick on to flick through the things, regardless of whether there's a lot of traffic or not a lot of traffic. Sometimes it's based on sensors. Um, so, you know, it's 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 sensing it's different things. You, like the traffic flow. Yep. And oh, wow. Yep. I didn't know that. I mean, I know that like even for like, for example, the Aberdeen Tunnel or some of the tunnels on Kowloon side, you know, they have that signal where it, it's a timer. So it only lets so many cars um, through the tunnel at a time in peak hours. Have you ever experienced that? Like it'll be red. It won't usually have a traffic signal, but then it will because they're holding back the traffic so it's not overloading the tunnel. Oh, yes. Yes, I've seen that. Uh, the Cross Harbour Tunnel has, has, has a traffic light too at the end when you come out. Oh, yeah, I yes. didn't think of it. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't think. I just assumed it was always just going to change the signal, but I didn't realize it was sort of maybe uh, according to peak hours. Oh, that's very yeah. interesting. And then, you know, I was thinking about this again because obviously when you spend a lot of time sitting at a traffic light, you can also think about <laughs> the traffic lights and I thought about um, like 
like movies where they show like someone kind of hacking the traffic light system and making them all green so they can get away like a, and all that a sort of thing. heist or something like that yes Ooh. yes you know that like kind of like you've got like the nerdy programmer going quickly you've got to pass this way or whatever because i've cleared all the traffic lights you know um and i wanted to know if that was actually possible and apparently it kind of is actually um you, you know traffic lights especially across the U- u.s are actually dangerously easy to hack anyone with a radio hooked up to a laptop can um can remotely change them or shut them down um so that's really interesting as well like apparently they so traffic lights have kind of a timing box nearby um obviously i can say this because nobody has the smarts to do this who's listening or would really want really want to but and i'm actually in i have to say in hong kong i'm pretty sure we're fairly advanced about this sort of thing but in other parts of the world where it's like quite a you know it's not not a huge city or anything like that there's not that infrastructure you can kind of just change them if you knew how to um, and in Holland, this is interesting. So they had a system where you use an app when you're cycling and it, it allows it detects cyclists coming up to a traffic light to give cyclists the right of way to go on a green. Right. But this this pair of um, developers in Holland realized that they could hack that system. They could trick all these lights across different cities to thinking there were cyclists coming up and ch- messing with the signals. So it was really hackable. Hackable. <laughs> yeah. So I find that really, so whenever you watch one of those movies, maybe not on the same scale as like shutting down the entire of central London's traffic system. <laughs> but at the same time, they, they, there is a, you can hack a traffic light, to be honest. Um, I wanted to think about the future of traffic lights as well, because I kind of thought, how would you really change the design of a traffic light, right? Like it's doing its job, you know, why mess with what works? But then... I was reading about, you know, the fact that we have circular lights is really only because we used to have circular bulbs. We don't anymore. We have LED lights, which are a lot more, um, you know, um, environmentally friendly because they're a lot more energy efficient. So you don't have to have a circular light. You could have a square light. And there are designs cropping up for square lights. There's also people who are a lot more considerate in terms of when we talk about accessibility. For people who are colorblind, you have oh, to... Yes. <clears throat> That's if you're colorblind, yeah, so they're actually changing the shape of those lights so that at least one is like an arrow to go forward or something to stop so that someone who is colorblind is not relying on that red-green. The, they're just remembering the positions of the colors or, or which panels lit up rather than, yes, the, yes. than the color which itself. I, yeah, I can imagine would be quite tricky, actually, even if you'd done it for a long time, right? It's like that you'd, and maybe you go to a country and it's flipped and they're reds on the bottom or the reds on the top you know I, that's right I, I just googled how some sometimes people with uh, color blindness how they view it and it looks they, they kind of say it looks kind of like a dim yellow or like an off-white oh that's interesting yeah see that would be very confusing i think um but then there's a lot of them that also use things like timers so there's like a lot of these futuristic designs i was looking up which have like countdowns countdowns for the the, the stoplight countdowns for the green light but for me i actually find like that really complicates i'm like don't mess yeah. with it leave it it's a good system <laughs> you know, like, i have to learn how to count <clears throat> in order to use that yeah so. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's 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 um and there's a lot but there are some that were saying that you know when we talk about reducing emissions the countdown might be a good thing because if you know you have like a, two minutes of a red light you could stop your car turn off your engine and then turn it back on again so you weren't running that engine the whole time which is very interesting as well if you think about it in fact ibm the technology company wants to be able to control your car's engine at traffic lights and actually 
automatically overrides the engine at stop signals so that you turn your car off when it's a stop signal as you approach the stop signal, which doesn't sound very plausible right now. But when we think about the proliferation of electric vehicles, it could easily be something that happens in the future. You can't speed through the red light because it would your car will just stop. It's electric. It will just have a a, a stop. And minimize (laughs) accidents of all sorts. That's really great. Yeah, exactly. So it's quite interesting interesting in that way. Um, but yes, so I was, I, I don't know, I was thinking, I, I, I think about it quite a lot now about traffic lights, but I really like this idea that it's just something that we just do as a, <clears throat> as a people. We just follow, we just follow the rules. Um, but yes, anyway. Who so um, I was going to say, who knew traffic lights could be so interesting? Cruzy, it's only you that can make it. So it's food for thought. I'm now thinking, imagining how nice it would be to have an automated, um, I suppose there are some cars which are a bit more uh, automated now, um, but just sort of uh, stopping automatically or coming to a slow, uh, detecting the traffic light and, and then just coming to a stop. Mm. Yeah. That's the one. I have one quote to quickly finish on, which is from a stand-up comedian called Mitch Hedberg. He said, on a traffic light, green means go and yellow means yield. But on a banana, it's just the opposite. Green means hold on, yellow means go ahead, and red means where the hell did you get that banana? <laughs> I like that quote a lot. Well, thank you so much, Cruz, for for your sharing for this week's uh, audio column on traffic lights. And I look forward to more chats with you next week. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye for now.